Sitter Snippets is generously sponsored by the Saka family in memory of Joseph Saka. Last night, we uh, asked, we gave the simple push-up shot, the simple understanding and meaning. One of the points, one of the pieces of MS, one of the truths that we affirm and that we testify to is that Hashem is Elokeinu, that Hashem is not just an abstract, theoretically, conceptually, He's Elokeinu, He's our God. He's Malkeinu, He's the King, but He's Melech Avoseinu, the King of our forefathers. Goaleinu is our Redeemer and the Goal Avoseinu. Yotzeinu Tzur Yeshuaseinu. So we said the simple understanding of Goaleinu is that He uh, redeems us, each of us in our own way, every day. Maybe you wonder, where am I going to get gefilte fish? And then you came to Mincha Marva BRS, Goaleinu. And Hashem came through, it turns out. Shlomi Lagasi is outside with a refrigerator full of gefilte fish, Goaleinu. And Goal Avoseinu is in Mitzrayim. That's a simple understanding. But the Rokeach, has a different understanding. The Rokeach says, Goaleinu and Goel Avoseinu are not talking about two different redemptions. It's not that our ancestors and our forefathers needed to be redeemed from Mitzrayim, and we have our own personal redemptions that we need in our own life, but rather, says the Rokeach, Goaleinu and Goel Avoseinu are both talking about Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. They're both talking about leaving Egypt. How could they both be talking about leaving Egypt? We left Egypt 3,300 years ago. We weren't in Egypt. How did we benefit and in what way were we redeemed from Egypt? So he says the answer is, had we not been taken out of Mitzrayim, we're about to say in the Haggadah, we would still be there. So Goaleinu, Goal of Oseinu means he took our parents out and Goaleinu and through that he redeemed us that we were able to be free to receive the Torah. That we're not still saturated in the Tummah, in the contamination and corruption of Mitzrayim, but we have the clarity of thought, and we have the capacity to receive the Torah. So the Rukeach says, Goalein and Goal of Asenu are not each generation has their own redemption, but all of every generation should be grateful for the redemption from Mitzrayim. When I saw this Rukeach, it reminded me of a comment Rav Zalman Saratskin has Haggadah Shiva Shevach on the Haggadah. So I'll share that with you uh, tonight. It's part of our snippet and it's preparation for Pesach. We say in the Haggadah, had Hashem not taken out had not taken us out of Mitzrayim. Hare Anu Uvnevaneinu. We and our children, Anu Baneinu Bnevaneinu, three generations, we would still be, what's the word? Mishubadim, the power of Mitzrayim. We'd still be Mishubadim. So if Saratskin asks, Kasha Shinaya Lashan, Hischaba Avadim Ayinu, Saim Mishubadim Ayinu. So which is it? We started out that God by saying Avadim Ayinu. We were slaves. And now we say, had God not taken our ancestors out, we would still be not Avadim, which would have been consistent. Now all of a sudden we pivot and switch and say, we would be Meshubadim. And if we're just expressing our gratitude, God, thank you for taking our ancestors out. And by virtue, by extension, thank you for taking our, us out. Why not just say, had you not taken them out, we would still be enslaved. Why do we specifically have to couch it and communicate it in the context of three generations? Had you not taken our ancestors out, we and our children and our grandchildren, anu banenu vnevanenu, lo yosev We don't talk about the fourth generation, great-grandchildren. We don't talk about just children. We specifically talk about those three generations. Those are his two questions. Why did we switch from Avadino Ayinu to Mishubadim? We would still be Mishubadim. And why specifically do we delineate three generations? So if Saratskin answers very beautifully, this is a very powerful message, and I think a, a very central theme of the whole Seder of all of Pesach, 
of the Haggadah. Benir lefarsh kiremes kan hashnei minim shibudim shneshtabdu avaseinu b'mitzrayim shibar aguf v'shibar anefesh. There are two types of being enslaved. There's a physical bondage where we don't have the freedom of mobility. We don't have the um, capacity to make our own choices, autonomy. That's a shibar aguf. Shibar aguf means you're in a prison cell. Shibar aguf means you're in a slave labor camp. Shibar aguf means chas v'shalom. A person is literally physically enslaved. That's one form. But there's also a shibar nefesh. A shibar nefesh means that a person is so influenced, so pressured. The culture around someone is so such a force that they're unable to actually choose who they want to be. There's a shibar nefesh. Person's soul can be so swayed and so contaminated and so corrupted and so influenced from the world that they are in. Which one did we experience in Mitzrayim? Both. Physically, we were slaves. We were put to work. Paro made himself like a god. That was a shibara nefesh. Paro said, you need to dress like, talk like, walk like, you need to be Egyptian in your thinking, in your practice, in your worship. And we were influenced. We were influenced by the Egyptians and their gods. And that's what we say. We think that the Makos were for the Mitzrim. The ten plagues weren't for the Egyptians. The ten plagues were a curriculum for us to know, stop worshipping money, celebrities, athletes. Stop worshipping influencers, social media. Stop worshipping anything other than Hashem. Why does Hashem deserve to be the target or the subject of our worship? These ten makos are a curriculum. They're an education on who God is. He introduces Himself to the Mitzrim and more importantly to us in order to liberate and emancipate us, in order to free us from that Sheba and Nefesh that we had suffered. And that's what we mean. You know, after all these years, after century and millennia, the likelihood we would still be physically enslaved in Egypt is slim to none. Of course we wouldn't be physically enslaved. That's why it doesn't say, Hayinu avadim, we would still be physically enslaved. It says, Hayinu mishubadim, physically we would have been liberated. Someone would have come in and rescued us. There'd be a regime change. There'd be an insurrection. Something would have happened. Something would have happened. But not avadim mishubadim, but we would still not have the sacred Torah that informs and inspires our life. We would still be worshipping and following and living like an Egyptian. We would still be believing in their culture. Instead of And now we understand, we close with this. Why is it three generations? Why is it Anu, Banenu, Uvnevanenu? Because the Gemara in Kedushan, the Aflamid says, Because Torah, we know the power of Torah, when we have three straight generations who accept and learn and study and live Torah. We know the notion that Torah speaks to us and our children and our grandchildren. And that's what the Balagod is telling us, that had Hashem not taken us out, the physical avadim, we'd be free. But mishubadim, we would still be there. We would still be there in our thought, we'd still be there in our culture, we'd still be there in our attitude and our philosophy. And what is the antidote? Anu banenu bnei banenu. Vehodanta levanecha 
You have to teach yourself, your children, and your grandchildren. Torah is what liberates. Torah emancipates. Torah is what informs and inspires us how to live properly and how to relate. So that's what the Rokeach meant. I think based on this word of Rav Sorotskin, that's what the Rokeach meant. When we say in MSV Atziv, Go Aleinu, Go Elavoseinu. That it's not talking about two separate Geulas. Go Aleinu, Go Elavoseinu. Go Elavoseinu Mitzrayim. And by extension, Go Aleinu, he redeemed us from living that pagan life. He gave us that ability to not only make Kiddush, but to also make Havdalah. This is the article this week. Rav Hanan of